House of Loud. You see, we used to be pussweeds, but now we're metal. House. Really real. Oh. I'm living this year over metal endoskeleton. Loud. House of Loud. Talking metal and hard rock with Shane Alvarado and Jason Lee. House of Loud. Welcome to the House of Loud podcast. Oh, welcome to our home where all of the furniture has a Van Halen symbol etched into it. Welcome. <laughs> this is Shane Alberani, your co-host, and with me is Jason Lee. And uh, between the two of us old dudes, we have about, I don't know, maybe a half a century worth of broadcasting experience. So we're basically Easy. just two schmucks with two microphones talking metal. 100%. Am I right, sir? Yes, 100%. <laughs> Digging it. Love it. You know, if there's one thing I like to talk about, it's metal. Metal and boobs. Metal and boobs. <laughs> they uh, kind of go hand in hand. And they kind of go hand in yeah, hand. Yeah. But uh, anyway, but uh, Jason Lee, of course, uh, you hear him on uh, XKE, a longtime DJ here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, where this show is originating fun, uh, fun from, there you go. Uh, and I, Shane Alberani, am the voice of the Fort Wayne Comet hockey team here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Like I had to say that again, but uh, I did it and uh, I've been doing that for a long time. I started back uh, doing a. Uh, 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 music introduction way back, uh, I think around 1991 in that area. So uh, we've been around a long time and we have seen and heard a lot of metal and uh, we'll be saying, what? What? A lot? Because our half deaf. Going. <laughs> half deaf. I didn't wear earplugs for the first 15 years I was going to concerts because, you know, I wanted my ears to ring. I wanted my ears to ring, Shane, because I was an idiot. <laughs> because... It feels like you've accomplished something, and here I am, 49 years old, and I still like that sensation. It's odd. I will wear the <laughs> earplugs for a certain amount of the show, but then I will have to take them out if there's moments I really, really want to hear and really? have a story. I went deaf because of this. <laughs> wow. See, I can't do it. I can't. I can't. I um, If I pull the uh, earplugs out, first symbol crash, boom, tinnitus. Boom. Immediately. Boom. It's bad news. Yeah. So I can't. I just can't. I, really? I, I got used to wearing earplugs, and uh, I can't take them out now. I, if I do, it's um, it's painful. I had to leave an REO Speedwagon concert. <laughs> because it was too loud? Because it was too loud. <laughs> actually, actually uh, the loudest concert I've ever seen, this has nothing to do with metal, but this I just had to, since we've talked about loud concerts, the loudest concert I think I may, I may have ever seen outside of Motorhead was Tommy James. And the Shondells. Tommy, yes. Not with the Shondells. No, just no, Tommy just by James. himself. It was just okay. Tommy James. And I was third row. took my mother, her favorite artist. I'm like, hey, we're going to go see Tommy. I'm not bringing earplugs. It's Tommy Shondell. Yeah. Well, he's but had notoriously loud. Yeah. He's had 50 years to go deaf. Yeah. And he spent the whole time looking at his monitor man. Turn it up, turn it up, turn it up until he could hear it. Well, and then it would feedback, and they would slowly bring it down to a normal level, and then he would no turn it up, turn it up, turn it up, turn it up, the whole time, an hour and a half of that, and it was just <laughs> nasty. It was, just, and I couldn't leave that one because my mom wasn't going to leave. He came out and actually touched her hand. It was, it was heaven on earth. Oh, you see, it was all worth it. Yeah, yeah you yeah. enjoyed the discomfort was worth it. Yeah. You made mom happy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, but anyway, this the topic of this first show. Well, first of all, the show itself is not going to be about uh, you know reviews of new albums or our complaints and. And our likes. Hey, you like what you like. You don't like what you don't like. Uh, so it's more or less about us metalheads and kind of our connection with the music itself. 
not so much, you know, I don't like the new Metallica or this, that, and the I other. I dig that. I dig that. Yeah. You know what? I'm sure we've got stuff that we uh, like more than others, but it's this show really isn't going to be about that. It's about more of the connection we have as 50-year-old men, uh, uh, what we've done basically with a, a lifelong love of anything loud. There's a cliche for you. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so this first show, actually the first couple shows, is just going to be kind of an origin, just how we came about loving metal. And if anyone has got a great story about how they came to love metal, please share it with us. You can get us on Twitter at House of Loud Pod on Twitter. Also, uh, email us at uh, houseofloudpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear that. But we're going to start with our origin stories here uh, for this first episode. And uh, Jason, I think you've actually maybe got a few more years under your belt as far as loving metal because I have got a stage in my life where I was totally out of it. But where did it start with you? What was your first recollection? Uh, My first recollection of a metal record that I loved was the video for Bark at the Moon back in 1983. 1983. I was just freshly, I was freshly 10 years old, and uh, I was at that point in my life, I was a Michael Jackson dude, right? As we all were. We were nine years old. In 1983, <laughs> you know, he was, it was, it was that. And uh, um, uh, the year before, I had been turned on to Van Halen uh, by a babysitter's older brother. Uh, but it was Diver Down, which is a good record, but it's not indicative of what's what makes Van Halen amazing. I think amazing. the cover is more popular than the actual 100%, record. <laughs> yeah, but the, the album itself is not indicative of what yeah. made Van Halen amazing, so it didn't really jump out. But the first video I ever saw... That it went, man, I dug that, was uh, Bark of the Moon, and it was Jakey e. Lee's guitar. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd ever went, wow, that is something special. And I understand there's 15 years of, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin yeah, and everything yeah. in between, uh, between there and when I heard the greatest guitar of my life at the time. But it was something that really uh, awakened something in me. And uh, my mother was having none of it. <laughs> <laughs> None of it. None of it. Uh, so, uh, well, you know what? I have to go back. I have to. I have to revise here, Shane. Let's go back. Okay. When I was six in 1979, I was living in a, 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 a neighborhood with my mother and a, a neighbor kid, like 16 years old. So, I, 10 years older than me. He'd be 60 now. He's like, you got to hear this, Jason. You got to hear this. And he put on Kiss Alive Two, and the the visuals in the uh, gatefold, and the music itself. The over-the-top sensation of it blew my mind and went back home. And I went, Mom, 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 and I went, really? And what was her problem initially? Just Ozzy was a bad man. Yeah. Ozzy had that but image. But Kiss, what did she have a problem? Uh, the image. Just it was that, the image, the rock and roll, it was the sex. The, you know, well, they weren't really into drugs, but the yeah. sex and the, and the yeah. over-the-top nature of it all. She didn't want her six-year-old kid getting into it. Yeah. She wanted him, to, she wanted him, me, six-year-old me, yeah. to be you know, a six-year-old innocent kid playing with, uh, you know, with uh, the $6 million man dolls. <laughs> You know what I mean? She didn't want me, you know, putting on face paint and, yeah. and running around growing my hair out. Yeah. You know, when the hair grew out, yeah, it was, you know, <laughs> it, 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 uh, it, 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 the hair branch from when I was 14, I had a, I had a rat tail. I had a rat tail. You know, oh, that's, uh, 
It's a classy look. Right yeah, there. yeah, yeah. It was good look. It was good look. And I got curly <laughs> hair, so it looked like a pigtail. But I could never see. I I didn't have any problems with with my parentals, anything I listened to, or anything like that. However, I could not grow my hair out. That was not going to happen. That was the one thing that could not happen oh. in that house. But the thing of it is. My hair grows in such a way it kind of grows out and not down. Oh, because it's so thick. So it's yeah. So it, I, this, I would try to Brad grow Delp? it out, but it it just I could not pull it off. Was uh, it like Brad Delp, uh, the back cover of the Boston li- self-titled? Not or quite Sebastian. Not quite that poofy, but it was just it, man. It would you would get to that in between stage where it's like, all right, either I'm going to see this thing through or I got to lop it off. And it would usually for me, it would coincide with the summer. So it's like, right. I'm hot. This thing has got to come off. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like having hair to the middle of your back in the middle of summer, yeah, man. That yeah, I, I think I may have gotten it down to about my jawline, but it took me into my 20s to be able to do that. <laughs> gotcha. So, yeah, so it just, it just, I, I just couldn't pull it off. But again, once I tried to grow it out, the old man was going to have none of it. Yeah, my mother, she just, you know, rolled her eyes, just whatever, do, do what you want to do. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, when I was 14, one night, I, I pulled my rat tail out a hair at a time oh. while I was watching TV. I was just done with it. And I'm growing my hair. I'm growing my hair. And by the next year, you know, school had started. I, I went to a new school. Yeah. I went to a new school every year. And I was like, you know what? I want to be a long hair. But my hair hadn't quite grown quite. It was only six months in. It was yeah. curly. So curls keep it short. And I, couldn't, I wasn't having it. So I started blow drying it and brushing it to try and straighten it. And I just became a... I, um, now, I look, for context, what year is this? This was 1988. Okay, so you're you're actually blending in mm-hmm. by getting the big hair. Exactly. Uh, and uh, my hair is curly, so the curls win. And um, <laughs> the whole reason I chose to blow dry it straight is uh, because I didn't want to put product in it. Because product, hairspray, that's poison. Uh, I'm a Megadeth guy. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to be putting hairspray and gel in my hair. That's for Poison and, and Britney Fox, right? That's not for, for somebody who's listening to Megadeth and Metallica. This yeah. is, you know, the frizzy hair I was in. Uh, and uh, I actually, <laughs> I actually um, uh, used my sister's crimper, and it just straightened my hair because it was so curly. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's just, just an absurd look. Anybody that knew me in the 80s, I mean, yeah, I looked okay in 1988. I look at those pictures now. And it doesn't hold up. It's not <laughs> well, so I don't think it holds so up anywhere, anywhere, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not but, so good. I, but I, I sport the same look as I did back then. I mean, again, I couldn't grow my hair out. It didn't look good. But I was, you know, jeans and a T-shirt, that's pretty much, and short hair. Right. Uh, it's pretty much been a universal look. So with your hair I never a, looked metal at all. <laughs> with your, with your hair look, uh, being as thick as it is, you could have grown a mullet. You know what I mean? Growing it just in the back, like a you know, yeah. like a beaver tail. Yeah, I could have, but that's would have had the same consequences, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but so, my for we go back. I actually, you know, Jason and I have shared these stories and car rides to shows, you know, for years. So uh, I actually unearthed the memory thinking about this first show because I kind of thought my first memory of metal was 1981. But really, you mentioned 1979 and Kiss, and I remember the. HBO, we had HBO in our house, yes, in 1979. Whoa. Right? What? (laughs) Thinking about that. Man, living like a king. Exactly. And (laughs) I remember that HBO ran a a shortened version of a KISS concert from 1977 in Japan. And I had to research this because I I didn't know what show it was, but I remember it now that 
that it was on the TV and I don't think it was anything. It was like maybe my dad flipping channels and, and spotted it and everyone kind of watched it for a minute. And my dad being the inquisitive guy that he was saw, and I remember this, Gene Simmons was spitting the blood and he was trying to figure out how he was doing it. Like, was it like a piece of candy that was like turning his spit red and it was going down? He was like, it was like, is it like fake blood or is it, you know, he was like, that was, that was, it wasn't anything else. It was Almost just, an engineer. Was he pulling it off? Almost an engineer with it. Yes. Yeah. And that's what my dad was. So he was, you know, he, yeah. So it's like, he kind of, that was what he was looking at. He really didn't care about the image and all that stuff. He was like, how's he doing that? That's kind of, kind of cool, you know? <laughs> right. So what was the, uh, what was the first Hard rock, heavy metal song that you remember that really caught your ear? I, I boy, uh, well, it was probably, I can't really, well, it was probably The Rocker by ACDC. Okay. That was probably the first one. And it's actually, I go back, I skipped it to 1981 at this point because we had moved. We were li- living here in Fort Wayne and then we moved to a small town in Ohio for a couple years where there was nothing to do other than listen to records or, <laughs> or cassettes were coming in. But I had an older sister. So my sister got all the records and got everything and it was, I would steal them. So it's like, I would hear what she was listening <laughs> to and I would steal them or I, we would listen to them together. And I remember she had, she bought AC, she had ACDC, she had, she had Highway to Hell and Black and Black. And I remember the Highway to Hell cover, you know, and it was, hey man, I'm six, seven years old, a little, little freaky, you know, well, for you a seven year old. You know, they were you know? against Christ, devil's children. A- absolutely. <laughs> so I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> And that'll be a topic true. for another show, by the way, because <laughs> yeah. you're wearing a wasp shirt and we're going to go over all the acronyms and what uh, right, used right. to think. So, uh, but uh, I remember that. I remember back in black, but I remember cassettes were just coming in. I think she had gotten a new stereo for her birthday or Christmas or 1981. So cassettes were just coming around and Dirty Deeds had been put on cassette because before you could only get it on vinyl. So her and her friends went out and bought that because of the song Big Balls. <laughs> Big Balls. Right? It was a joke. We all kinda, it. Yeah, right. And then, but, you know, so they would play that song as the tee-hee-hee and uh, the rocker right after it. And that's, I remember being blown away by that because, again, I'm just a kid. And I like whatever is on the radio. So as she did too, but I remember those three records, ACDC was the one, the ones that definitely launched it outside of that first kiss. But at that point, I just remembered the image. I didn't, I didn't, uh, on HBO, I did not equate that to any music or anything that was just like, oh, that's kind of cool, scary, weird. I'm attracted to it. I don't know why, but it's also freaking me out kind of a thing. Right. Six, you know, <laughs> right, right. I, I I didn't get Kiss or, or ACDC for a while just because, you know, when you're a kid growing up, you know, everybody tells you, you know, Kiss is knights in Satan's service and against <laughs> Christ, devil's children and blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and when you're a kid, you're like, OK, you know, I don't want any part of that. That's yeah. bad news, yeah. you know. Uh, and then the first time, again, I heard Dirty Deeds, like you said, that's my favorite song of ACDC. Yeah. And that entire record just yeah wrecked me when I finally heard it. And it was good stuff, man. Uh, you know, it just dig it. Love me some hard rock, heavy metal, man. It I mean, me happy. an ACDC, that's, let's face it, they're at the top of the heap. I mean, this, I mean, all the records sound the same, but that's great. <laughs> there was a, there was a, I'm going to paraphrase, but there was an interview I had um, read with Angus Young and somebody was interviewing and said, so what do you want to tell people who claim that you've made the same record 12 times yeah. in a row? And he got angry. He goes, no, no, that's, that's a load of shit. Because I've we've made the same record thirteen times in a row. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and they have. And why uh, not? Uh, yeah. I mean, you get a, yeah. you get a sound that that sells records. 
you're not going to really venture too far away from yeah. that. You know, once you find a formula, hey, if it's me- yeah. if it's selling 30 million copies, why on earth would you change that? You're 100% right. I mean, why would yeah. you change that? Yeah. You know, so like, yeah, and that's you know, and I and, and metal fans, uh, you know, some will get upset if they change the sound, which I always, I, I you don't know why they do it, but I also applaud you for having the guts to do it, you know. And if you're a real fan of that band, sure, you might not like it as much, but you're still gonna like it because you're still a fan of the band, you know. You're gonna have favorite records, and you're not gonna have favorite records. Let's let's just go ahead and just put it out there, Saint Anger. Let's. Go. <laughs> I'm sure right. we'll, we'll broach this at some other show, but hey, you know what? I was not a fan of the record, as a lot of people weren't, but I applaud Metallica for doing it. Absolutely. The uh, the production on that record, we'll, we'll get into that later. We'll get into that, yeah. We'll get into that. We're talking origins here. That's we'll go on. Role. But my next one, after ACDC, my sister got Heaven and Hell from Black Sabbath for Christmas one year. Oh. Maybe it was 81. Maybe it was probably right around so that good. same time. And... It took me the longest time to realize that Ozzy Osbourne was in Black Sabbath. That's I was always Ronnie James Dio, you know, after listening to that record. And again, it goes back to the record's image. I just remember the images of the angels playing cards and smoking on that. Uh, right. On, and so it was like, and I remember that was like the one thing I, I don't know, maybe my grandmother had even bought it for because it's like, I just want this record. She just bought it. And I remember my mom being looking at the cover. Saying, "Oh, this is all right. This is kind of weird, you know." But right? but again, they. I gotta say, you know, my parents never once said, "Don't listen to that" or whatever. They may have went because you know. We'll again, another thing we'll pick up on is the satanic panic in the 1980s, where maybe they had heard something and you know maybe right. questioned it, but never really censored anything. So that was that was always cool. I always appreciated that, you know. But you know, my mom grew up with the Beatles and Elvis. I mean. They, she had seen kind of what hysteria had happened. You know, they Elvis and the Beatles were evil as well. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, Get a haircut. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, quit shaking uh, your hips. My old man uh, came from the Middle East, first generation guy who learned how to speak English at the YMCA. You know, uh, freedom of expression was everything to him. So it didn't matter if he did not agree with it or thought it was this. It didn't matter to him because as long as you're a good kid. He ex- exactly, exactly. It's like you're right. That record is not going to turn you into a criminal it's just, right, right. <laughs> or whatever it's just a record it's Man, what it is i didn't hear heaven and hell for a long time like, for a long well, long time i don't time. think i ever even heard the record i just remember the image and i remember my sister oh, maybe okay. playing it you know but i remember the back you have you had the little characters of the or the uh portraits of the guys yeah, kind of yeah. drawn in pencil and mm-hmm. i remember looking at that and seeing and seeing tony iomi and seeing geezer butler and remembering those faces so it's like i remember that that record more than the music that's the cover of it right so right like, i don't ever remember actually listening to it until much later in life gotcha gotcha yeah <clears throat> but that shows you how important that's another topic we're going to cover just art artwork how important it, it is to to heavy metal so uh but my my next one what we, you said 83 and that was a big year quiet riot comes out oh right and uh so again i'm stealing my sister's cassettes because, you know, at this point, I'm just getting what's on the radio. I'm getting pop. I'm getting Hall & Oates records for Christmas, you know? So <laughs> I don't ever remember buying anything. Because I, w- I would load up on Christmas and my birthday. It was just a list of cassettes and records. And there's a picture of me on my ninth birthday. So that's 83. And I've got a picture of Sticks, Mr. Roboto in one hand and Thriller in the other. And I couldn't be happier. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The first records my mother ever bought me were Sports by Huey Lewis and Brothers in Arms. I had the cassette. By Dire Straits. Yeah. Those are my, you know, she bought us a record player when I was 12. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, she was really happy to have have a record player because she knew I was playing her records all the time. Yeah. You know, wearing them out. Hadn't quite discovered the Led Zeppelin part yet, but I was still listening, you know, like, ooh, Bee Gees, right? You know, because I was yeah. just a kid, a little kid. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I started getting into the uh, the harder stuff when I was about 10-ish, I guess. I saw um, Rob Halford on MTV when I was 10, and he was hosting something. Headbangers Ball wasn't around yet, but he was hosting something. And um, my, my, my cousin, who was my babysitter, uh, who was not the most responsible person in the world, um, <laughs> Uh, he was watching this thing, and Rob Halver was on there. And at 10 years old, I knew there was something a little different about Rob, right? I just <laughs> knew it. I just I couldn't, couldn't quite put my finger on it. Um, but John John, my cousin, he wanted me to go in 1984 to see Van Halen. He wanted me to go see – I had to see the show. It's going to be life-changing. And my mother was having none of it. No, no, he's not going to a Van Halen concert. And John's like, look, I will watch him. I will protect now, him. Now, is this in Fort Wayne? This is in Fort Wayne. Okay, I have yep. a story about this concert. And uh, <laughs> I, he, I will protect him. I will make sure he doesn't get in trouble. But he needs to see this, Mary. He needs to see this concert. She's like, I will not assume that you are going to protect him. I promise. And, and John was 17 at the time. He goes, John, I walked in on you as you were babysitting my children having sex on my couch. <laughs> I can't assume you're going to go to a Van Halen concert and watch my son. And he goes, fair enough. Sorry, Jason, you're not going to Van Halen this summer. And so I didn't see Van Halen until about five or six years ago when David Lee Roth did the reunion tour. Really? uh, And they went down to um, whatever it was, Ruoff, Deer Creek. Verizon, whatever it was at the yeah. time, yeah. uh, went and saw that. So that was the first time I ever saw Van Halen. Well, that concert was June 30th, 1984. You know the date. I know the date because I have a picture of the ticket. Get right out of here. here. Oh, wow. Now, I'm showing Back you Back when this, they made real tickets. I'm showing you this ticket. As you can see, it is not torn. It is an intact, unused Did ticket. Did you not make it? Well, here's the story. <laughs> and again, God bless my sister. May she rest in peace. She really did a lot for me as far as my musical taste goes. But 1984 was huge. And that was the first time I discovered Van Halen, too, with that record. That was the one. MTV, you, you saw Jump, you saw Panama. It was, you know, but at 10 years old, they're not going to, my sister and her boyfriend did not want to have me <laughs> tag along. You know, they're 16, 17, or whatever they are at this point. They, they don't got makeouts to They do. don't want the 10-year-old tagging <laughs> along to this. So... I, of course, I didn't get a ticket, didn't go, did anything like this. But just weeks prior to the concert, my sister and her boyfriend got caught doing what you were just <laughs> discussing with your friend there. And guess who got grounded from the show? My sister. And that is her ticket. Oh, wow. I still have it. It's Wow, nobody used it? <laughs> no one used it. Mm. It went unused. That's sad. And I still, re- I can remember her handing the ticket over. I can still see it in our kitchen wow. at our house we grew up in. I can still see it. It still wow. breaks my heart. You know? Yeah, no doubt. You know, my first concert I went to was John Cougar the year prior. So I had already, you know, worked into a concert. I knew what a concert was at that point. So, so 83, you'd have been eight? Was not, yeah, I was 83 would have been the yeah. American Fool? Yes. Was that the American Fool yeah. Tour? And that was my first record I, I ever purchased with my own allowance. I bought Hurt So Good, the 45. So I was buying 45s and singles okay. when I was a kid because, well, that's that was on the radio. So that's right, right. what you wanted to hear. So, But going back to 83, when Quiet Riot hit and my sister bought uh, mental health or mental health, and I was 
I think I, I stole it from her. I don't know how many times. I think she probably had to come get it a lot. <laughs> but it was in my little tape deck or my Walkman. You know, when I got my first Walkman when I was, nine, I think, my ninth birthday. You know, there's a game changer right there. So, oh, man. hey, man, I needed I needed tangible media to put into that. I couldn't just listen to the radio. Because actually my first Walkman just had a radio. It was just basically a transistor with some headphones. Right. So it really was no Walkman. So, but, but you get that one with the first cassette, and it was, it, it was uh, Metal Health, and it was Pyromania. So oh, those man. two Too records, solids, man, right, were just that. Those were the game changers, right there. When you were given your um, your Walkman, yes. were you given the speech? Now I don't want you hurting your ears. You make sure it's at a respectable level because I got that. I got the yeah. I don't want you deafening no, I didn't yourself. get that. I didn't get that. Uh, fortunately uh, or unfortunately, <laughs> you want to look at it because a life full of headphones. Uh, a lot, you know, as I think now, I'm now finally starting to get to it the point where i'm having trouble hearing but then again you and i have spent a career we wear headphones during the day and during our jobs and stuff like that so that also kind of plays into it as well but yeah no having a walkman at nine and riding around my back around the neighborhood listening to sister christian uh definitely (laughs) played into it uh as well so uh but uh, 83 was was a big year i mean you bring it up night ranger i mean don't tell me you love me i mean that's oh, no. that's the one. Stop. That's the one right there, man. Not Sister Christian. That's a good song and all. It's 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 okay. Again, but... on the radio, it was popular along with Mister Roboto. <laughs> I understand. You were yeah, nine, that's eight, right, you know? right. So you, you got to put that you... in, in context. Yeah. My, yeah. One of my favorite things was to record songs on the radio right? and pray that the stupid DJ didn't come on and talk. <laughs> right. I... Those jerks that never shut up. You know, they're on the air. You shut up, man. Let me get the entire song, you know, and they end up inevitably cutting off the end of the song and the beginning of the song yeah. by flapping their gums. Like, duh. Yeah. I don't ever want to be that guy. My, my sister did that a lot, and I still have got a lot of the cassettes. Oh, do you with, really? With the commercials and everything with the DJs from the 80s. Uh, so wow. it's great. And what, what was, a time capsule. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. If you, if, uh, Do you have the I ability have... to listen to tapes? I don't even have a cassette You player. know, I, I don't. But years, uh, years ago, my dad had uh, gotten a van. It was an old Astro van that had a cassette. And he just kind of used it as kind of a getting around vehicle, an extra car for the family. Just kind of just sat around, you know. But uh, So when anyone in the family had their car breakdown, we had an extra car that if you took it to the shop, you could just grab okay. this van. So it was kind of a communal. And this was maybe 10, 15 years ago or whatever it was. And it had a cassette because it was like an 87 van, you know. Uh, so, yeah. So I would, when a few times where I had to drive it, I immediately grabbed those, that box. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we're going to drive around and go back in time what's your go-to tape <clears throat> oh a go-to tape yeah if you're gonna choose a tape like like we're gonna get in here and we're gonna pop a cassette in this dash what's Ooh, the one boy um i would have to say pyromania i mean okay really just off the top of my head because that one was played an awful lot and I'll, we'll have a whole episode on hysteria because uh, <laughs> another one that's close to my heart but you know Def Leppard was one of those bands where it, I think it was everybody's first favorite band it felt like it it's like you didn't have a favorite band until you heard Def Leppard if you are of our generation true you know if you were born in 1973 74 75 like we were that was maybe yep. your first favorite band yeah John John uh, the, the cousin we were speaking yes. of his younger sister Dawn played Rock of Ages for me when I was 10 and Blew my mind. I still to this day, when I hear the opening riff to photograph, I will crank it up. I will not turn change the radio station. It will, it just, it is one of the coolest riffs and it just makes you feel cool. 
I love it. Their their guitar tone was their guitar yeah. tone. You hear just one note, and you're like, "Well, that's a that's a Def Leppard song, right? I can name that song in one note, right. kind of thing, right?" And you, hey, that's that's Phil Collins, or you know, yeah. or or um, um, Steve. Steve, yeah, yeah. duh, Steve. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's for our memory. We're gonna do that a lot on the show. <laughs> Who's that guy? The, the guy with the hair. Who yeah, am I talking the, about? The dude with the face. You know, <laughs> the guy with the with the cod piece. You know. But, you know, back to 1983, that, you know, MTV, you know, we had cable, we had MTV. So we had that whole door open up. So you not, so again, you had the visuals that went along with it. So I, I think we're of that generation where you had to have the visual too, because yep. there was a lot of those 70 bands. Like I remember seeing a video from Bachman Turner Overdrive and it's like, all you could do is laugh. It's like, they did not exactly equate to the 80s generation you right, know? right not i'm sure the the music was still good but it's like they did not have that the face 100 <laughs> percent. you know when i was a kid i wasn't i wasn't down with hearing some reo you know i just don't don't give it to me i have no interest because look at kevin cronin look at it look at this guy but you know nowadays i can totally appreciate him yeah. you know especially being a midwestern guy you know yeah. you know, one of those midwestern rockers uh but not when i was 10 like no See, way! I loved, I loved Aria when I was ten. <laughs> I totally did. Totally did. I was totally down with that. So which which era? Like, um, uh, I mean, I like. I mean, didn't get it again. What was on the radio? I think it was, was probably it, Tuna Fish. Turning. Oh no, not even that. It's like uh, I can't fight this feeling. Now, what what record was that? Wheels I think that's turning. I think that was. That, oh okay. yeah, yeah. So that was eighty four, eighty five. Keep in on that loving area. you. That right, era. right. You had the run. You had again. Radio friendly hits, so I was into it, you know. And you know, you had the horrible, horrible videos back then. But oh yeah, nobody which, knew what they were doing with yeah. videos until Michael Jackson came oh, sure. along. Right, right. he changed the game. Yeah. You know, once yeah. Thriller happened, everybody went, "What? We can do what?" <laughs> and then the car stepped in, and they they set the the bar. Metal bands they weren't really into creating amazing videos. They were just into look at us rock. Right, and really. they, well, you know what, and they were all like live performances. Yeah, that's all 100%. it was. They put us on yep, look stage and, and look mm-hmm. at us. Yeah, that's yeah. But I remember another band that crept in was Motley Crue at this time, and they had some more concept type of you know, uh, uh, you know, too young to fall in love stuff. Like oh, that. Right, was, where they were was more supposedly of a, badasses, more of a story. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. You know, yeah, there's Tommy Lee, six four, a buck thirty. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know if he's beating people up. Yeah, but I remember being in middle school. When, you know, shot, or I was fourth or fifth grade and then going into middle school. But that was the band. It seemed like. Oh, they were in, the Kings. In my, in, let me remind middle school, you know, so this is 1986. I think I start sixth grade and they were just, like you said, Kings. And, you know, every, you open, every locker had a picture of Motley Crue. 100%. Yeah. And I had, I still remember, I had this picture of Motley Crue in my locker. And it was just a picture of Vince Neil and Nikki Six wearing these. Panama Jack hats is all what right. it was. And I don't know what it was about this picture, but people would want to buy it from me. What? It's like they would see Did it in my locker. Rip it out of like a I ripped parader? it out of a hip parader. <laughs> and I put it up in my locker. And be, and I remember will, the picture. I right, know what you're talking right, about. You, yeah. And it's like, for some reason, I, yeah, I'll give you five bucks for that picture. It's probably a Ross Halfland photo. And I was or so something. stupid. I'm like, no, it's my picture. I'm going to keep it up <laughs> right. in my locker. I wasn't putting rock uh, stuff into my lockers until I was uh, high school, maybe late yeah, middle I was, school. I was eighth grade. School. I was sixth grade. I remember putting them up in my locker, and uh, and I was you know I was a jock and I was a sports kid too. So for that to trump you know any picture of any sports figure, you know was, was nineteen eighty six. Man, how do you not have Walter Payton? Right? Right, well, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, there was Nikki Six and there was uh, uh, 
uh, Tommy Lee and the whole bunch right there on my locker. But uh, but Shout at the Devil was like a huge record. And I remember my neighbor, uh, uh, she was just, again, a huge Motley Crue fan. I mean, like posters all on the wall. And it was all Motley Crue. It was no other band. And another great story where I remember that she, Motley Crue was coming to town. I think it was probably maybe the... Uh, theater Pain, probably. Theater with, Pain, with, thank you. With yes. loudness, There right? you go. Yep, Theater Pain tour. And she was, you know, of course, going to go see Motley Crue, and she got grounded. And I remember her using my sister as a cover. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not going, I can't go to the concert, but I'm going to go hang out with Stephanie, my sister. You know, saying so, they're like, oh, well, that's okay, because, you know, the neighbors, you can go over there. And my, I think my sister covered for her, and they figured, because they were going to go roller skating. That was the, that was the ruse, right? And uh, her mother like happened to look under her bed to see and found her roller skates, and it was <laughs> no. up. But she did go see Motley Crue that <laughs> night, but I don't think it went well for her when she got home. <laughs> the things that kids do to get caught. This right? has nothing to do with music, but uh, sort of <laughs> like that. There was a group of us when I was in the eighth grade. Like, let's not go to school today. Like the entire bus stop, except for two kids. Like, let's skip school today. We're gonna go over to Brian's place. We're gonna play his Nintendo, and we're just gonna skip school. Awesome! It would have worked fantastically had Jeremy not left his books sitting on the kitchen table. <laughs> so his mom runs to the bus stop to give us his books and give him his books, and everybody but like two kids are missing. And she's like, "Okay." So she gets hold of my mom says, "Look, our kids skipped. I don't know where they are. I don't know what they're doing, but they're not at school today. Keep an eye out for them." And my mother worked at a place at Time Corners. Where she could see the parking lot at Time Corners. And we're hanging out at Brian's place at some place over there off of um, uh, Getz. And I'm not sure what the apartment complex is there. But we're playing Nintendo for a few hours. Like, ah, we're bored. Let's go wander Time Corners. We walked right in front of this place where my mother was working. And her coworkers like, hey, you told me that your kids skip school. There's like nine 12-year-olds over here. Is that your kid? Oh, my. There's me and my sister and this gaggle of idiots just walking through the parking lot. Doop, 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 doop. And, uh, yeah, so she busted us and me, Jeremy, and Tanya. We got busted. Everybody else ran because, you know, she couldn't catch everybody. Yeah. That was, uh, that was Kids are idiots, man. Kids are dumb. Kids are dumb. Kids are dumb. And if you're listening to this show outside of Fort Wayne, this is Fort Wayne, Indiana. You're going to hear a lot of oh, references yeah, yeah. to Fort Wayne because <laughs> we both grew up here. Uh, but this, the town that we live in has a tremendous rock and roll history, obviously, you know, uh, XKE, you know, the radio station you work for and we all grew up listening to, but, um, but we've got uh, Joey, Joey Allen from Warren is from Fort Wayne. Uh, you got Mick Mars is from uh, Huntington. Huntington. Um, Axl Rose is from Lafayette. Uh, Izzy's from Lafayette, right? Izzy Stradlin. Yes. Right. Um, what other hard rockers? There's Sweet F.A. in the 80s, but they never quite made it. Yeah. They were pretty much a D-list. But just the history of rock and roll in Fort Wayne. You know, I mean, Steven Tyler, you know, the, the famous. The, oh, the, yeah. The famous, the, what the, the uh, famous 44 or whatever it's called where the, yeah. the people got arrested smoking. Yeah. And uh, Steven Tyler bailed him out of jail that night. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it just it goes on and on and on to the shows that that were here in Fort Wayne and the bands that passed through and and. Things like that. So was so Def Leppard your very first super favorite band? Yeah, I would say so. I think that was my first I'm this is my band kind of moment. I think even I think they, they trumped ACDC even at that point. Uh, because again, Pyromania was just a giant. They were on MTV every 10 minutes, you know, next to Michael Jackson. And you had it's such a still just a great record. Yeah, it's still, <laughs> you know, the, it's still the production on it. And, yeah. You know, Rock yeah. Rock Till You Drop and Stage Fright. Yeah. You know, not just the B, yeah. you know, just the, the, yeah. the B sides, right? Yeah. If, you know, if you throw in the singles, good Lord. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And again, photographs still, I will still listen to that on a loop if I could. I still don't have a problem <laughs> right. with that. You know, but 1984 with, with Van Halen, again, that's another, that was my first introduction to Van Halen. I had no clue who Van Halen was until the, that, when that record dropped, you know, and I remember Top Jimmy being my favorite song on the record. It wasn't Panama. It wasn't Jump. It was, it was Top Jimmy. Just love that song. And you, know, you had Hot for Teacher. It goes on and on and on. But I remember going to like a county fair like that summer. And I remember you could get the mirrors with the band logos yes. on it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I had, I remember winning Motley Crue. I remember Rats, Van, Van Halen 1984. And I remember hanging those up on my wall. You know, for, for a certain sect of, of fans, those were Coke mirrors, right? <laughs> That's what they were. You're, you are correct, but look to at a this 10-year-old, little, look at this little 6x6 mirror I can carry around with me. Yeah, that's what that was. You know, anytime you saw a, like a a, a a substitute teacher come in with one long freaking fingernail, you knew what that guy was up to and why he couldn't have a real teaching job, right? He'd come in and you're like, "Hey, we're gonna do this today." Like, why are your pinky nails so long, sir? Oh, that was yeah, no I reason. I wasn't astute of that one. I don't think I remember that. So I was, we was a, a well. I'm remembering one specific substitute teacher in art class once. He came in and he had two pinky nails. A Two pinky nails that were about a half inch long each. I'm like, those are, those are for. S- and that's what that's for, buddy. All right, you're, you're ruining my childhood, nobody. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at things at a whole. I'm gonna go and get my middle school yearbooks out and uh, go ahead and, and leaf through them and see who was. Uh, yeah, I haven't looked at my yearbooks in forever, man. I'd like to look at the prog- progress of how I went pudgy to skinny to short hair to long hair. You know, my sophomore picture, I I, wore. I have the same haircut all the way through school. Oh, really? It's really sad. <laughs> I mean, there is literally no change really? from sixth grade to my senior portrait. That's hilarious. I'm taller. That's, That's it. it. Man, my sophomore year, I started school 5'4", 165. I ended nine months later, 5'10", 135. Wow. that was Six a- inches, lost 30 pounds. Oh, wow. And the hair grew at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it was uh, it was crazy times, you yeah. know, and that frizzy mess. And I I don't know where uh, I, I the my sophomore year school picture I left in a sweater to go school yeah. picture day. And by the time the picture was taken, I was wearing my tie dye Iron Maiden somewhere in time. Nice. Oh yeah. Nice. Well, I bought it at Spencer's. Boom! And it was uh, Eddie with his two guns, and it was tie dye. It was rad. And uh, my sister ended up getting it stolen from. She borrowed it and it got stolen. I think she gave it to her boyfriend, but whatever. Who cares? <laughs> um, but yeah, my mother was not happy. Here's this punk kid that grew his hair out, and I have to look at him in, an, in that stupid, like, uh, zombie face, whatever is, you know, she didn't know his name was Eddie. You know, that zombie face in my living room that I paid $75 for. She was not happy, man. But, I, you know, I was a metalhead. And to this day, the thing I'm most upset about that with that photo is I think they, fo- and like, they airbrushed. My earring is not oh. in that photo. I don't have a I don't have an earring, and I know I got my earring in '86, and this picture was taken in '88. So where's my earring, man? Where's my earring, man? <laughs> you need to investigate that. But speaking of Iron Maiden, and yes. you talked about Eddie, and I remember I don't remember I don't think I actually listened to Iron Maiden to about 1987, '88. Uh, I remember uh, "Can I Play with Madness" it was a song that I, MTV and I dug and I, I liked it because. The images of Eddie, even again, go back to Kiss. It was weird, freaky, but yet scary to a nine-year-old. So it's like I don't, I don't, I never listened to any of the records until I was a teenager because Eddie kind of freaked me out. But again, it was cool, but still freaky at the same time. And I, I never, and my, and again, 
I'm being influenced by my sister at this point. So if she's not bringing it home, I'm not listening to it. So that's right. Yeah. Mine was, I didn't have any older siblings or anything like that. It was just kind of, um, I don't know if I was following, right? I moved yeah. every year of my life. So it was just kind of, I tried to discover as much as I could, but it was um, for Iron Maiden. It was a uh, run of the Hills. That was a song that yeah. did it for me, you know, that video. And I was probably, it was past the day of the video being a deal. Like, right. Right. Oh, yeah, right. I right. Didn't, certainly yeah. didn't listen to Iron yeah. Maiden in 92. Yeah. Uh, it was a few years later yeah. when I saw the video for that and went, what? And immediately favorite band. Just oh yeah, that's and that, yeah. And when I when I heard "Can I Play with Madness" or saw the video, it was like I've been missing out. It's like I've kind of not listened to this band right? for whatever reason. But yet, this is awesome. Yep. <laughs> my first favorite favorite band that I just put a, a shrine to on my wall was uh, <laughs> Cinderella. Cinderella. Underrated, you man. know what? They get grouped into the hair band thing as another band we'll talk about here. But they, that they are great. Blues rock, you know. That it's first not, record was pretty glammy. Yeah, though. yeah, I mean, but they they, they kind of unfair. Again, a, a few bands un- get unfairly because again they took on the look. It was you were you were listening with your eyes, you know. Right, but right. If you really listened to Tom Kiefer, one of the great, most unique voices, underrated voice, you know. So, and I think also this the name Cinderella. Right? It's not exactly the most manliest of things. Uh, but no, I remember, of course, all the girls listened to it, you know, mm-hmm. in my high school. And that's another thing that, of course, uh, molded what I liked in high school. If the girls were into it, I was into it. That's why I could not get into Rush because all the Rush guys were, well, they were virgins. So, you know, I'm not, I was not, I could not get into Rush just for that very purpose. Hey, where are the girls? Where, where are the girls? Where are the chicks? Yeah. I'm with you, man. Everybody, it's a, a rule of, of nature. Where the girls go, where the girls go, yeah. the guys follow. Yeah. So that's the thing. If you can sell to the women, talk to Poison about that. Right. You can sell the women. You're going to get their boyfriends because they're going to have yeah. to go with their with their girlfriends. Yeah. You know, that's just the way it's going to be. And yeah. you know, and the glam shows were a little bit more fun. You didn't have to worry about getting punched in the mouth if you went to a glam show. <laughs> you know, you went to a Metallica show. You had to worry about a a boot to the neck. Right. You did. You that just was had part to, of the fun, right? Yeah, it was. You know, <laughs> you know, I wasn't a big man, but I, you know, I, I could, I could, I could hang. You know, I mean, I wasn't throwing down, but I yeah. could bounce around in a pit. You yeah. know, but I wasn't, I wasn't able to really do much damage. <laughs> you know, if that's what you're into. Oh, and uh, well, go. Oh, going back to nineteen that nineteen eighty three. That's good. That's just the huge nineteen eighty four in that area. I also remember or nineteen eighty four eighty five when. They had a show on MTV that wasn't Headbangers Ball, but it was hosted by D. Snyder, and I, uh, Heavy Metal Mania was what it was called. Okay, and it I was, don't remember yeah, that at all. And that's yeah, and it was the precursor to uh, to Headbangers Ball, and I don't know how long it lasted, but I remember watching that show and really not into Twisted Sister, but knowing who D. Snyder was, and of course he was on MTV as well. But that. And coupled with the British comedy, The Young Ones. You oh, remember yeah, yeah. That? Mm-hmm. Okay, one of my, still my favorite. I, I will quote it on a daily basis. I will quote. But they had live acts, live or live bands, or, you know, you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. inter, intermingled into the show. And season two, I think it was the first episode of season two that aired on MTV, Motorhead was the act. So life-changing event there <laughs> right. you know when you hear the ace of spades and you hear this guy and someone that ugly <laughs> singing it and they're playing it that fast 
yeah, that was major moment of watching the young ones and, and seeing and 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 they were on that that show with D. I think an awful lot because D and and Lemmy were buddies, so you had them on there a lot. So it's like that's where Motorhead. All right, another band we're pulling into this, right? Right. We'll get into that, in, in, you know, next show. You know what I mean? We don't want to drag on too long. Yeah, I think we're right at the good yeah, stopping yeah. We, point. We here. can call a point, and we can call yeah. uh, the end of the first show. I think it went well, and just the two of us flapping. Oh, this is what it's all going to be about, but I hope uh, <laughs> everyone found it interesting. And again, it's this is about us. It is, it is about Metalhead, so please feel free to share your stories, why you love metal, or how you got into it way back in the day. I'm sure you've got similar stories like us, so feel free uh, to look us up on uh, Twitter or uh, email us at uh, houseofloudpod at gmail.com. So with that, let's end the show, Jason. All right, stay heavy. <laughs>